Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. Good evening. It's Cathy Weston on The Parent Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. A warm welcome to the show tonight. We are talking about careers advice and our young people this evening. I think all of us recognise uh, in the general media there have been so many stories recently about the quality of career uh, advice given in schools and this kind of discussion about the landscape as it is for young people now whether or not they have fewer or less choices, whether or not they should go to university uh, all of those things um, come into the mix and we're going to discuss them this evening with our brilliant guests if I say so myself, Dr. Dear Audrey Hughes, OBE, will come up in a second, who's the Head of Institute of Employment Research at the University of Warwick. We'll be talking to Susan Smith, who is a careers advisor at the uh, Roundwood Secondary School in Harpenden, Liz Sorton, who's a youth coach, and also a little treat for you later on when we speak to local author Howard on his lovely new children's book. Uh, all about Wheat Hampstead, so tune in for that. But we're going to kick off the discussion this evening with uh, Deirdre Hughes. Just to give her a little introduction, Deirdre uh, basically established DMH and Associates to encourage collaboration and fresh thinking in careers policy, research and practice. And on the 10th of September 2014, the National Careers Council, chaired by Deirdre Hughes, presented to government an overview of careers provision across England by local authority areas and her work, those findings showed massive variation in careers provision and the services that were offered. And this had lots of implication for young people, obviously, and adults accessing local services. So, Deirdre, hopefully you're there. Are you there? Yes, I am. You're very welcome to the Parents Show. Good evening. It's good to be with you. And we're, we're, you're obviously a very much a national expert. You're at the forefront of sort of policy research and development. We'd love to hear from you, Deirdre, about the national picture. What's going on nationally? How are we doing as a country in terms of career provision? Well, nationally, there are some positives um, in that uh, we have uh, careers, a national career service that uh, seems to be working very well for uh, adults. Uh, we have over 650,000 adults that receive face-to-face services each year. And also we have telephone and online services for adults and for young people as well. Uh, so we've also uh, got about a third of schools across England that are actually doing really well in terms of offering careers education and guidance. So that's a real positive um, in that we've got some really good provision out there. However, the downside and the research that I've been involved with um, at the University of Warwick and uh, through my own uh, company has shown that really um, it's very fragmented, it's very patchy, and some would describe it as a postcode lottery when it comes to young people being able to access face-to-face careers advice. And are you able to identify the areas of the country, for example, how are we doing in the southeast in terms of the quality of careers provision? Well, interestingly, in the southeast, you're doing quite well, but I do have to say that when you drill down into a local community area, uh, you'll find that the provision there is very patchy. And I'm sure your listeners will know that from their own uh, first-hand experience. What's interesting is if you look uh, to Europe and you look internationally at some very high-performing countries like Austria, South Korea, Finland, Singapore, Estonia, you'll see that actually they've had quite stable careers education and guidance programs in place. And they're actually doing very well. We here uh, in England, particularly, we have had four years, really, of this area not being um, developed sufficiently from a policy perspective. It's incredibly fragmented and very, very confusing for young people and for parents as well. 
Absolutely. I think when you just bring up the topic of careers with, with parents like we did this evening before the show, nobody, it's just piecemeal information and nobody can actually get a sense of what's on offer to young people. It doesn't seem to be in any kind of packaged up way that's easy to access. That's right. And I think one of the reasons for that um, is that we have a system where uh, there are various places where you can actually go to get um, help and support when it comes to career decisions. But it's very, very fragmented. So young people uh, can only get support if they go online and, uh, with the National Career Service. And only 1% uh, of young people have actually used uh, this resource. And that's because it's not marketed, it's not promoted. We have job centres, we have a careers and enterprise company, which is something uh, that two years ago government felt might be a good solution to improve careers advice for young people. But it's actually strategic. Um, what's missing is at a local level, resource coming in locally to communities where young people can access good careers advice from employers, from recruitment specialists, from careers advisors uh, that can actually help them work through the various options and uh, opportunities that are, are out there. And is that how you would define good careers advice? Because I think that's a very interesting question. You know, wh what is a, a good piece of careers advice? Well, I think, first of all, you know, everyone has a career of some sort. A uh, career is a sequence of your life and your work experiences over time and when it comes to you know what exactly is careers advice well it, it's really finding skilled helpers that can guide you through you know the various um, different new qualifications there are new ways to earn and to learn there are higher degree apprenticeships traineeships internships new university courses some sectors like young people to be self-employed, particularly in the creative arts industry. So the secret is really trying to find skilled helpers who can actually guide you through the myriad of um, opportunities that are there. And because the system is so fragmented, particularly for young people, parents and young people at a local level really don't know where to turn to. And certainly some fresh research came out, didn't it, um, today, about, it was a survey done amongst parents and pupils, but it certainly showed that parents feel completely out of touch with the world of work and certainly don't have that confidence to guide their children when it comes to career decisions. But equally within that research, it mentioned that about the sort of the, the poor quality of provision in schools. So what do you think's going on in terms of schools? What do you think, what would you like to see changing there? If you could name, say, three things. Well, if I had to, to name three things, um, I would put a caveat to say congratulations to the head teachers and the teachers who are prioritising careers education and have a policy in place and are doing really good work. Remember, that's about a third of schools nationally. So I would say there's three things I'd like to see in place. I'd like to see a careers policy on every school's website so that parents actually can see what support their son or daughter are receiving and that also um, they can play a role in conversations with their children because parents are the major influencers of children when it comes to their career decisions. And this is um, a really important point that if parents are feeling out of touch, if parents are feeling less confident in guiding their sons and daughters, then actually it's really critical that school actually helps prepare young people. So the second thing I would also like to see is for parents perhaps to be a bit more demanding when it comes to careers advice for their, their children. Uh, perhaps have a governor, uh, on a, a parent governor on every school board that keeps the spotlight on careers. And remember that pathways to success are changing um, at such a, a pace. The speed of change New jobs are on the horizon all the time. A haptic programmer, a cyber security specialist, a drone programmer, a vlogger. These are new job titles that, that most of us actually don't really know a great deal about. And that's really why it's important that every school, 
uh, the third thing I would say should have and provide access to an impartial and independent careers advisor who's actually working in a team within the school to actually provide really good careers advice alongside employers. And the PAGE group is uh, a recruitment agency who's done some really innovative work in a number of schools. But we have to get that face-to-face, personalised careers advice back into schools, which I'm afraid has been missing now for too long. And Deirdre, I think in, in, my, um, in my chats with informally with um, careers advisors in schools, I think some of them have really struggled to get local community business businesses into the school. You know, people seem to be relatively reluctant, perhaps, to give up their time for free um, to schools. I mean, do you have a sort of a view on that? Is that something that's common across the country? I think, again, it, it varies. Um I think when it comes to small, medium enterprises, um, they find this quite challenging, you know, to particularly, you know, organizations that have maybe one or two people and are just start-up businesses, you know, they want to focus on growing their business. We are seeing a trend where more and more national and large employers do actually want to give something back. They do actually want to go in uh, and provide some hands-on activities. And 95% of parents from the research um, undertaken by Page Group said that they actually wanted to see more hands-on advice um, in schools. So I think the challenge really is in the absence of having a, a national strategy for careers advice for young people. We've been waiting for two years for government to set out its strategy. Uh, perhaps next year, early next year, we'll see this, but it, it's really necessary because if we have a national strategy and each school has a careers policy that's very explicit for parents and for young people, then we'll begin to move forward in employers knowing who to speak to in the school and actually uh, being able to tailor their um, offer in a very meaningful way for teachers as well as uh, for young people. I have to say I've never seen a school website with that kind of, you know, um, visible um, offering in terms of careers. I think it's a brilliant idea and it's something every school can so, so do so easily. Yes, I, I believe so. Um, there are some interesting uh, examples that you can see uh, from overseas and certainly the technology allows us to do that. Now, Deirdre, there was some re- research done. It was it was a couple of years ago, and it mentioned. I was just it caught my eye today about um, girls uh, in particular. I think it was done by um, Pearson, and they mentioned that one in ten girls look to celebrities for inspiration about their future careers, in particular. So girls seem to be much more susceptible to thinking, or you know, along those lines, and using celebrities as a as role models. Do you think this is an issue in general for young people? Well, I think, you know, media uh, greatly influences young people and uh, their view of the world, as indeed does um, technology. What we know for sure is that we have got major skill shortages in this country. Uh, We have skill shortages in the food and drink industry, where uh, many of the workforce will be retiring uh, in the next five years. And we need young people to actually understand that there are some great opportunities there. Similarly, uh, we need a million um, people uh, in construction to build, you know, the the roads and the infrastructure uh, that we need. There are great opportunities in terms of science, technology, engineering and maths. And we need to get more young people actually switched on to where are the jobs, where are the opportunities and actually um, move away from a celebrity uh, culture towards a choice and a career development culture uh, for all young people, because there is something there for everyone. But what we need to do is we need to inspire young people to be excited about their future and to see that there are many different pathways. Only 40% of young people go through a traditional GCSE, A-level, university route. 
that means 60% of other young people go through different pathways. And we wow. can see lots of success stories from that. That's an important point for parents to be aware of. And I'm just going to bring in Susan Smith now, who's sitting very patiently beside me, who actually is a careers advisor in a local secondary school. And Susan, you've been listening to what Dirge's been saying. What do you think about this idea that perhaps we need to make more visible what's what the availability and the offering that's out there to young people that they can't actually just access these ideas? The, the difficulty is um, careers like religious education, it's quite esoteric. And, you know, people want to sort of go to a list and tick it off. And there isn't really a one-size-fits-all. However, there are some key similarities that, that could be put within a framework. So the best that I've come across really is by A.G. Watson. He's done a thing called the DOTS model. So as parents, um, as carers, as people concerned with our with our children and, and their sort of career provision, there's actually a lot that we can do um, at home and with our children because initially it all begins with self self awareness okay and and who's the best expert on their child who's the best best expert on themselves is is the, is the young person so we do have a lot at our disposal but the issue is the framework and the referencing around that can be quite tricky to access would, that would language. Would both of you agree that with parents that there's a tremendous amount of con- lack of confidence? Into, so they, they tend to say nothing or they offer perhaps mm. something mm. in trying to impose a career on their children, but they don't, they're not confident about what they should mm. be saying. Would you agree with that, Deirdre? I, I would say that uh, for, for some parents, they really don't feel confident at all because of the speed of change. And for some parents, they can really only draw on their own experience, which may have been good or maybe not so good. Um, So parents are in a a difficult place, and what we have to do is actually recognise that the world has changed significantly. Technology now is bringing new possibilities uh, for young people to uh, access information. But all the research uh, shows that just saying there's information out there and go forth and use it um, isn't enough because people say it's a little bit like drinking water from a fire hose. There's so much information that you need these skilled helpers that actually can guide parents and guide young people to to make the most, really, Uh of uh, their talents. Well, Deirdre, thank you so much for joining us. So you've had a very busy day. We're going to let you go. So thank you so much. We're going to continue the conversation after this short break. And we'll be back with uh, Susan Smith from Roundwood Secondary School. Thanks so much, Deirdre. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. And that was Deirdre Hughes, OBE, if you don't mind, uh, Dr. Deirdre Hughes from the University of Warwick, where she is a research fellow. And we'll be coming back just in a mo with Susan Smith. So if any of you got any questions about right, uh, about Susan Smith from Roundwood Park Secondary School, she's shouting at me here. If any of you've got questions <laughs> about careers provision or indeed any questions about your own child's future, you're very welcome to connect with us on Facebook and send us a message. We're here to help, aren't we, Susan? Absolutely. And uh, I think we've got lots of food for thought there from what Deirdre said. Well, Deirdre hit on a very good point. There's been some research commissioned by the Career an enterprise company and it's called Moments of Choice and that exact point that there is so much information, there's such a wealth of information that students are, they just don't know where to begin in fact there's almost a paralysis where do I even start, so rather than dealing with it head in the sand. Lovely, we'll come back to that point in just a moment We're talking about work and employment and careers advice and we've just spoken to Dr Deirdre Hughes who is the head of Institute of Employment Research at the University of Warwick but very happily we're joined by the fabulous Susan Smith from Roundwood Park Secondary School in Harpenden and Susan tell us about your role in the school in terms of careers provision. Well um, I'm extremely blessed. So welcome back to the parents show um, because it's like um, hen's teeth an actual role as a, as a careers advisor in a secondary school and I think Deirdre touched on that. Um, I'm employed within the the school to coordinate work experience and um, employer engagement and also um, writing careers materials that are delivered through PSHCE as well as off-time day-by-day events and work shadowing for year eight 
um, a careers fair for year 11 and this year we've introduced a professional placement programme for year 12 students where um, I work with them on their self-reflection, what their you know key strengths are, what their unique selling points are. We touch on how to network, we do things on CVs, um, we get employers in to do mock interviews. And, um, and how many pupils are you actually dealing with within the context of your job? Right, so there's um, on the school roll roughly about, so you're catching me out. Like 900, is it? Oh no, like? so you're 210 per year. Oh right. So you've got wow. 7, 8, 9, 10, <laughs> 11, 12, 13. Do the sums. So. It's about, what, 1500? I'm so, terrible. And you're responsible for the careers provision of, mm. of the upper years only? or Key stage 3, 4 and 5. Okay, wow. So it's a very big role, isn't it? It's a big it? role, but um, there is budget allocated to Youth Connections and we have a fantastic personal assistant, personal advisor comes in, Carmel Byrne absolutely brilliant and so that is the impartial um you know advice and guidance and they're not linked to the school and so they will come in and they will work with year 11 students they'll also do some group work for me so i sort of help coordinate youth connections in the school and they also help get work experience placements so and you're a parent yourself susan you know that you can imagine for parents it's really really stressful because yeah. they just worry so much about their child's yeah. future in, in fact this work, work research that was released today said that they feel enormously stressed about it and they want that really practical hands-on advice in terms of what they should be telling their child and they feel terribly ill-equipped. In fact, some said they dreaded talking to their child about careers way more than the birds and the bees, <laughs> which is amazing. And they don't feel qualified. So can you sort of understand where they're coming oh, from? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the birds and the bees, there's birds, there's bees. Yeah. They're quite tangible. The Occasionally they get on. <laughs> yeah. I think the issue with careers years is that it's it seems so waffly it's very hard to pin yeah. down and i think the issue is you know we, we sort of think about oh careers what will i do for the rest of my life and actually when you you know i often say to, to pupils how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time and i yeah. think it can feel quite over facing so at the end of the day you begin with who you are what are you good at what do you enjoy and it still always comes back to um what you're interested in because generally what we're good at is what we enjoy and what we enjoy is what we're good at. Okay, so if you're a parent listening and you're mm. sort of at a loss, you mm. think the key message should mm. be tune in to what your child's interested in and passionate yes. about. But the issue would then be why. You see, there's this whole sort of inherent language that we, we don't access. So careers work is almost that bridge between education and employment, that edu you know, educators and employers. So we're, we're lucky at Roundwood Park in that we have Aspire, which is all about learning habits. So when, a, when a, a student shows particular interest in gaming or a particular interest in, you know, creative things like baking or art, what is it about that that they're enjoying? They're actually enjoying the detail, the attention right, so you're to trying detail. to get them to focus on the qualities of what yes. they're doing and yes. why they really mm. are interested in it, yes. which is the sort of reflection mm. that you referred to. So in the same way, when a student comes to me, you know, one of the discussions we will have is about which subjects they prefer. Do they have a favourite subject? And it's helping them to understand that, yes, they prefer science over humanities, because it's about the details, the attention to detail, it's logical, it's analytical, it's tangible. Yeah. My big thing is personality type. And, um, you know, in terms of, of the research, well, you know, MBTI, some people say it's great, some people say it isn't. But for, for students at this age and stage, what do they know? They know who their friends are, they know who their favourite telly programmes are, who their bands are, and what subjects they like at school. Yeah, um, and what they do in the free time. So it's a good place to begin a conversation. And to that end, um, I believe these websites are going to be put on Facebook. But iCood.com is a very good starting point um, to look at things like, well, what am I good at? What oh, are my strengths? lovely. I don't think any parents have ever heard of I it. Could so it's iCood.com. Yes, now there's a thing tip. called the buzz quiz and it, it gives you a silly animal name. Just forget the animal. It just makes it a bit more appealing to young people. But it is actually quite a good indicator about where your focus of your energy is, are you naturally introvert, extrovert, how do you take in information, um, how do you view the world, you know, are you organised, um, do you prefer to be more spontaneous, but you will find generally, and again it's very general, that students will know more about themselves than they realise, parents know infinitely more about their children than they realise, because when you start to talk about a young person in terms of their interests, their skills, what they're good at, why do they like those things, how are they with their friends? Quite often I'll say to somebody, because it's a lot about how we get on with people and how much we want to work with people.
So you get a lot of students who come and it's a fairly standard, I love science and I'm naturally introverted, people are really quite irritating. They just, you know, they're constantly talking over me when I'm trying to think. Or you get people who are massively, I love to be around people, I love the energy they bring, but I love analytical things as well. And very logical and you say, okay, so there's a definite strength in numeracy, um, so things like financial manager investment analysis, where you're actually working with clients and you're going to be working within a business context. But isn't that a big challenge for you? Because you, not only are you helping them identify and build that self-knowledge up, yeah. but then we're as parents, we're relying yeah. on you to know about all those new jobs that Deirdre mentioned yeah. earlier, yeah. which are infinite and endlessly yes. changing. So that's quite a big responsibility, isn't well, it? Well, back to my second bite. I'm mulling this elephant over. I've had one bite. I'm on the second bite. I yeah. could go over face, but I'm just going to dial it back and say, well, do you know what? There are lots of jobs happening all the time, but what, what I'm interested in for the student is that they're playing to their strengths. So, yes, the digital age, digital technology. I mean, there's jobs appearing. The speed that things are happening are, are millennial, millennials, is that what we call them now? Yeah, I haven't quite worked out what these millennials are. Would anyone like to Well, essentially, I've, I've seen them. I used to, you I used know to, them. I know them. And they'll be sat chatting to you. And if they could have the way they'd have a video on, they'd be answering emails, they'd be looking at their phone. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing about 15 different things at once. <laughs> Multitasking. Multitasking. And it's, it's speed and it's okay. fast. So the thing about it is for parents... Icoods.com is a great website. We, we want to focus on this self-awareness. Um, labour market information. The next thing is opportunity awareness. What actually is there out there? And again, you've got um, Plotter, P-L-O-T-R, um, and Prospects. What can I do with my degree? We've got the National Career Service. These are websites. So Plotter is for the slow millennials amongst us. It's www. P L O T R dot com and another one is prospects www.prospects.ac.uk and what do those websites do? So those websites most careers based websites will take you through the process, the self awareness, what am I good at, what can I do? Right. Um I also should mention that most schools, certainly within our consortium, they're all providing careers um guidance uh, online tools that parents can access. Okay, so for example, you would give your parents some s tools yes. they could use interactively yes. at home with so their children. so each student does a thing called Fast Tomato, which, which is what we have. Some other schools use Kudos. But every school will have some licensed careers guidance tool and parents can sit down with their child and go through the results and they right. can see the interpretation Lovely. the same. Yeah. It's coming out with people, things or information. Where are their strengths? You know, and so then the conversation kind yeah. of hinge on the results of that. Yes, it's a, and you can retake the questionnaire because careers can change. Yeah, but but trying to get students to understand what are they like with their friends? Are they the one that people talk to for advice? Are they the ones like, oh come on, we haven't had a night out in ages. Let's get organised, and they organise the gang. Yeah, There's potential project managers in there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but um, and seeing those skills and, in that uh, kind of transferable way. So students know about school their friendships, their subjects, and it's trying to help them access this language. So when they start to understand their role within their friends, you know, you can move it out to things like, well, so, you know, your fairness is important to you, your values are very important to you. And actually what's interesting is you get quite a broad mix. Students come through and some are very upfront. It's all about the money. You know, I, I need a good income. I need a good salary. That's what I'm aiming for. Ambitious for cash. I want a good city career. Um, others are, no, I want to make a difference if I'm not making a difference. And that's because within their personality type, they, they make decisions based on feeling. So actually values are really, really important. So back to parents and how they can support their children. They can look at these um, careers guidance tools with their child at home. They can ask them, to, the biggest thing is can they use language like helping students to understand that they're setting goals rather than just doing homework. They're actually managing their time, their setting goals. We want students to consider themselves as, as you know, the impact that they have in their lives. It, I think sometimes school can feel like it's all being done to them, but actually these students are the authors of their own future. They're, they're developing skills. At Roundwood Park, we have Aspire, so they can reflect and see that. But parents, when you're talking to your children, ask them, you know, get them to start reflecting, well, why do you think that is? What, you know, what are you good at? I don't know. Okay, well, tell me about a typical week. Break it down. Right, so within this week, you've had X amount of homework, you've gone to two different clubs, and you've also helped your best friend go over 
some major argument with somebody else right well let's have a let's let's pa- unpack those yeah, skills lovely and see. lovely that's such a as you say the reflection is so critical, critical. critical. and i think that's not something uh, no. i think you've given parents there mm. a lovely template for the conversation mm. and the other thing that i'm a big fan of is oh i love chemistry so i'm going to go to university and study chemistry well hang on a minute let's dial that back why do you like chemistry because it's analytical because i like to look at um you know i like the detail i like sort of working out why things work okay so that's also very similar to engineering or it's very similar to um you know oil and gas mining you know what what as a careers advisor you're doing and this is why there's such a disparity you know everybody's got the story oh i went to see a careers advisor they told me to be a firefighter yeah everybody's got those stories uh, or i I went and did a careers (laughs) interest guide and it told me i could be a teacher or or um you know a traffic lady a traffic warden and you think what these careers things do is they say there's a high correlation in the way that you want to work and the skills you want to use it will then suggest potential careers some of them you'll be laughing going absolutely no way and others you go oh i wonder if that you know so in the same respect taking chemistry and trying to broaden it out we don't want to just study the subject you enjoyed at school why is it chemistry yeah. do you know that that's the same thing as an actuary or, or assessing risk yeah, or thinking about how the skills can be transferred across jobs always so down to the skills i think what you've said is about imagination parents need to think broadly mm. and to encourage that sense of mm. reflection mm. and mm. if they're working in alignment with someone with you in a school then things can work really really well i just want to read out a message we've had from a parent who's listening and she says if i can just bring it up her message to to parents is that she was initially really really worried and stressed about her daughter's future like many other parents but her daughter who she says uh, is just 20 um, recently got excellent GCSEs but dropped out at A-levels twice had an apprenticeship dropped out had three months of messing around but finally today has been offered a really prestigious role in a school Uh, she doesn't qualify in this area to the end of January 17 but has worked part-time volunteered there for year now has been offered a full-time job because they've seen what she can do and she said the message for other parents is once our children find what they're really passionate about and interested in they will find their way i think as well would you agree that there's so much pressure felt by the child felt by parents to make sure they're okay and they end up doing something you know that will work but actually if everybody just relaxes into it a bit more well the system doesn't support that does it? well i think for me as a careers advisor personally i have, I have two fairly small children yet to enter the the high school stage mm-hmm. but I, i'm not worried because the range of opportunities and the levels that you can start any qualification you can leave school with no GCSEs and still become a lawyer now you're laughing and going what you can leave school with nothing and go and do a level one that's right level you can two. get in there like this level lady's three. child did mm-hmm. and work your way up level and four yeah level you don't five. need to yeah. end up with a first class honors degree nope. to get a good nope. job you can get like the the frameworks now the pathways that Deirdre mentioned you know, there's a lot more happening now, and the the cry used to be, "Oh, apprenticeships are for dummy apprentice." Oh, it's it's totally changed. The government, number one, have sat and said, "Hang on a minute." By 2020, we want three million more apprenticeships, and we're not talking, um, you know, we're talking apprenticeships in professional areas like are they, marketing. Are they elite apprenticeships? What's an elite apprenticeship? Okay, so basically, an apprenticeship is essentially a job. You're working, and it includes training. So any apprenticeship whether it's a lawyer or a plumber you're on an apprenticeship it's about the entry level so for example the bbc currently recruiting for broadcast engineers you have to be 18 on the find apprenticeship website which i believe is going on facebook uh pounds and you apply to the bbc and they will then put you through a degree at Queen Mary University in London. Wow, that's an amazing tip. Thank now, you. Now, equally, somebody studying at West Hearts who's done sound and audio, all they're looking for is a level three, which is equivalent to two levels. So a lot of apprenticeships are looking at your strengths, your skills, who you are. Have you got the actual determination to make this work? Yeah. Can you network? Are you prepared to do the hard work? It's not always about the qualifications. I mean, I don't want it to, to sound easy. What I'm saying is there is a path for everybody and there is a fit for everyone. Okay? You don't Lovely. need to worry. 
What you need to focus on is what you're good at, what you enjoy. Seek out the skilled helpers, get some decent advice. And look up all those websites Lots that of hopefully websites. will be on our Facebook yep. page in a mo. Not going to uni.com, Milk Ground, Pure Potential have pages especially for parents. Fantastic. So you've given us about eight new websites. Oh, we'll have them on all, all up on Facebook. <laughs> and stay tuned. Susan is definitely not going away. And we'll be back after this short break. We're talking about careers advice, careers provision in schools, young people's employment this evening. And we've just been speaking to Susan Smith from Roundwood Park School in Harpenden. And now we're going to be joined by a lovely lady called Liz Sorton, who's a youth coach. Hi, Liz. Good evening. Good evening, Cathy. How are you? Very well, thank you. And just to give a little introduction to you uh, for our uh, parents listening, uh, you're an experienced life coach for teenagers. You've been a mentor, a youth worker. You've worked in the care system, the prison system. You've worked with charities and all sorts of organisations. And you've also been working for the National Citizen Service um, in all sorts of helpful roles. And you've worked in schools um, doing all sorts of mentoring and supporting and You've got particular interest in young people's development. And I wanted to get your take on, I'm sure you come across so many young people and teenagers in the course of your work. What is it? Do they ever mention these kinds of concerns about the future to you? They can be sort of um, lumped into various different sort of um, sections, really. So there's um, stuff at school which they might be struggling in a particular subject. They might feel that they're getting behind Um, They worry whether maybe they're smart enough. Um, They may feel that their teacher hates them. They don't. They may kind of not appreciate perhaps their behavior in class sometimes. They may be thinking about, um, you know, when they lose their temper, how it's affecting them and how it's affecting their friendships. And they also don't want to disappoint their parents. And at home, you know, they may realize that they're a bit disorganized and they often forget their sports kit or their homework and they're relying on mum or dad to run it into school. It might be that they're kind of wondering why they get themselves into the same argument with mum, you know, every week. It's, um, you know, they've forgotten something, they've kind of um, not done what, something they've been asked. And, you know, if in, on a personal matter, it might be that mum and dad are splitting up and they might be worried about what's going to happen to them, you know, when mum and dad split up. And, you know, in friendships, it can be, you know, friendships, um, particularly with girls, you know, the girls can be quite unkind to each other and it might be that you know they have a sort of a breakup and it's really difficult for for girls sometimes to be in the same room together and obviously when you're in a classroom that's really tricky and also you know getting over when a friendship comes to an end and their sort of future job prospects and stuff maybe they don't know what they want to do next do they want to stay on at sixth form i don't know what i want to do they may be worried about what's all been happening you know across the world world news what's happening in the UK with, you know, politicians and what is the job market going to be like and when those, they get And those there? are worries that are certainly borne out in the research. I think with the NSPCC recently did some work, you know, there was a whole span of research talking about you know, poor mental well-being amongst young people. There were some figures actually just came out today from the NSPCC, which I've probably got here, uh, uh, on self-harm amongst young people. Yeah. Worrying increase. Oh, here it is. New NSPCC research revealed there's a 26% rise in the number of children and young people hospitalised after self-harming in the east of England. So yeah, yeah, this yeah. is it's the whole context, isn't it? It's the pressure they're under to perform. And also in terms of, you know, you've mentioned the kind of the minutiae of family life, which can often be actually not that supportive and can be quite stressful. And obviously every family is is different. You know, there are so many different types of families. There's single families, there's um, sort of a mum and dad, there might be two dads, there might be two mums, or it might be uh, an older family member. You know, obviously they might be in, in foster care. There's lots of different families. And it's everyone trying to kind of obviously support the children and, you know, to keep it in perspective, you know, we can't do anything necessarily about what's happening in the world. We can just do, you know, what we can with the people around us, you know, with our friends and our family and think, right, okay, what do I, what can I do about this situation? You know, can't do anything about, you know, what's happening in a particular country, but, you know, keeping it local and what they can actually impact in their own life. 
And we've been we've had some brilliant advice both from Deirdre Hughes and Susan Smith. I've really enjoyed the <laughs> advice that they've given. I um, know it's so good, isn't is it? Amazing. I'm just thinking, gosh, that's so helpful for the parents who are listening in. Uh, would you like to add to the advice in terms of because you're on the other end? You've heard our young people express concerns and worries and anxieties. What advice would you have for parents who might be supporting young people through, you know, th- those stages, key stage three and four and five, that the sort of children that. Susan would work with? So um, this is a kind of, you know, thinking about what choices they'd like to do um, and thinking about, you know, getting into action, you know, doing research, setting goals, making small steps towards um, what they want, or they will have reasons why they may blame others not take personal responsibility for the situations that they find themselves in. And also the labels that we kind of sometimes give our young people like disruptive disrespectful disorganized unfocused not fulfilling their true potential sometimes can be quite difficult for young people to be able to move on from because they also want the opportunity to be you know if they they don't want to be disruptive anymore what is the opposite of disruption for them you know what's going to be the best thing if i do you know become you know quieter and more attentive in class or what would be the worst thing if i don't do anything um, I can't depend on mum to run my bag up to school every day because I've forgotten again for the you know, third time this week about my homework. So it's very much about looking at the natural consequence of not doing something and, you know, having goals that are either towards or away from what you want because sometimes if they don't want to be kind of, you know, in in trouble at school because they've forgotten their bag or they, they're kind of getting behind and they're getting stressed out because they're getting behind, you know, it's it's helping them to break it down to make it into small manageable steps to think, right, okay, I've got to make some changes. What can I do today? What do I need to do tomorrow? And what can I do by next Friday? So it's being able to break it down for, you know, for your, for your child help them kind of you know find their own way forward and you've mentioned so many of the things that young people worry worry about getting behind not being smart enough likability friendships disappointing their parents and one of the things i really like about the way that you work is that Mm. often parents just cannot have some conversations with their children and they want to just have someone else you know talk to them and get them you know have have they need someone else to talk to objectively and i yeah. really love the fact that you do skype calls with young people i think that's really lovely and accessible yeah. and that they can talk to you about those difficulties with their parents because it's not easy and i think i really i think the the support that you offer is really critical because without those conversations those supportive conversations going on you know all this pressure at school to perform and succeed and go to uni or not go to uni or do is just is even more pressure so i think the kind of work that you do as a youth coach is really important isn't it kind of helping um, you know, parents and teachers will often focus on the areas to improve on, and sometimes young people need to be reminded about what they're already good at to boost their confidence. We need to boost their resilience. They are going to fail. They are going to make mistakes. And it's, it's allowing them to, to, to find their own way forward and to encourage independence, you know, at home, you know, so that, you know, they had their bag packed the night before. They've remembered their own homework. They've packed the bag. They've got themselves up in the morning. They've told you that they're staying late, so you're not at the school gate at the wrong time. So it's really empowering on people to be more independent from their parents so that they can grow as young people as well. And I think, you know, you've mentioned that they will fail. That's a really important point to make, that our children need to be resilient because that is something that I think schools are desperately trying to encourage. But equally, you know, parents need to think about how they can encourage resilience in their children and as well. And it's really important then when, that when we do kind of mess up as adults, we also apologise and ourselves and learn from it so that they can see that, um, you know, we as parents might kind of, something might not go quite as you'd hoped it would. Absolutely. You just say, gosh, wow, that wasn't how, well, at all what I meant. And I'm nobody really, lands their dream that, job. You know? Everybody's been rejected. I think nobody yeah. talks enough about the rejection. Yeah. I think there was the most amazing incident a few years ago. Do you remember that Princeton professor who published all his rejection letters or he made a CV of his rejections and it was so powerful? Because people don't kind of advertise all the things they didn't get, you know. Yeah, definitely.
Well, listen, Liz, how can parents get in touch with you if they've got a teen or a young person at home who they think could benefit from that kind of mentoring? Well, I'm um, here, uh, I'm on Facebook under Youth Coach uh, Liz Thornton. And that's Thornton, S-O-R-T-O-N. S-O-R-T-O-N. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of also on LinkedIn um, under my name, Liz Thornton. Lovely. And so I'm kind of independent to a school. I'm obviously not a parent. And... You know, I encourage young people to kind of think about what they want to be different, and then I help them to create a plan so that they get what they want, whether it is a better grade, to be more organised, to be less angry, to be um, okay about a friendship which maybe has come to an end, be able to be able to be in the same room, and it's all that sort of thing. Lovely. Well, I'm sure you'll be inundated with uh, messages on Facebook. They'll all be racing to get in touch with you. So listen, Liz, thank you so much for joining us. And it's brilliant to know that there's somebody out there who can offer so much support. So thank you. Thank you very much, Kathy. Okay, take thank care. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was Liz Sorton. And that is... Well, we've had fantastic advice. Hopefully lots of it will be gathered up and on our Facebook page by Julie outside who's collating all those brilliant websites and resources. And hopefully that will just the beginning of your conversation with your children about their careers and their futures. So we're reaching the near end of the show. We've got 10 minutes left and we're going to do something a little bit more lighthearted now. We're going to speak to Howard. Not that you're lighthearted, <laughs> Howard. I can be. Howard Wright who has published the most gorgeous... I'm going to take a picture of it now and stick it on uh, Facebook. It's called Tales of Billy the Bee. And it's a Wheat Hampstead story. Of course, we all know Wheat Hampstead. It's a beautiful Hertfordshire village. We all go there um, to go to the river. And there's all sorts. We'll talk about it in a minute. So, Howard, you welcome to the show. Thank you. And, gosh, you've got another book there that you've written about Weed Hampstead. <laughs> so we brought you in, Howard, because we thought we would mention, that obviously, Christmas is coming up. Absolutely. And these are stunning little, you know, local books about local places. So tell us a little bit about Tales of Billy the Bee. Well, Billy the Bee started, it was um, Buy It Locally, was a campaign that came out of the Small Business Saturday. So if you take the word Buy It Locally and shorten it down, you get to Billy. And we thought the bee was something that was about industrious. So what we do is, this is a, a whole series of stories about um, how Billy the bee goes and helps local businesses. Is a is a bee of a different colour. So he's a bit of an outsider bee because he's green and yellow rather than black and yellow. Yeah, he's so gorgeous. Is, Who did the graphics so for that you? That was one of my things. Oh, so right. what it was was about how does he integrate into the village and he goes and explores and finds... Um, local uh, industry so he goes and finds the pharmacy because he's got sick sick wind syndrome and he finds the furniture maker and all those sort of things so we also um <clears throat> i featured the the local plumber Juan, who's uh wife's in the studio that's with right us. we're trying to persuade her to say hello <laughs> hi steph hi <laughs> so steph your husband who's a plumber in wheatam said is featured in tales of billy the bee this is brilliant how did he feel oh he was great he thought it was fantastic <laughs> in fact we're buying all the books to give to the grandchildren <laughs> yeah grandpa's in the book it's yeah. brilliant and i just love the idea that you know it gives a sense of it it, it contributes doesn't absolutely. it to the local community absolutely, and a yeah. sense of identity no absolutely and it's and it's one of those things is that the kids love it because they can go and talk to the people and they can go and see the people. So oh, you, that's you can so engage lovely. with it. Yeah. So um, which chapter has got Juan in it? It's the one where he's, uh, the bee stuck up the pipe and he can't get, to, <laughs> can't get clear. Has that ever happened to your of husband? <laughs> Um, We're trying to find him in yeah, here. Yeah, I'm just We've trying got, to find which one it is. Oh, there's a pharmacy. We all know the pharmacy in Wheat Hampstead. Yeah, Manor Pharmacy. So what I tried to do, and one of the, the issues is that, of course, the businesses that aren't in, and they're saying, why don't I come in? Why won't you do one for me? So it's Billy the Pipe Cleaner is the, the one oh, with Oh, there he is. It. Let's have a little look now. Um, Billy was a lot happier since he helped started helping Maria fetch local produce for her shop. He'd made lots of friends around the village. Is that true, Juan? Uh, sorry, Steph. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> he made lots of friends around the village. And he's got a van and a blocked pipe and there's a whole story. I mean, it's so exciting that young children can go and find the characters yeah. in real life. No, absolutely. And, and the one I did before, which was the Great Wee Tamsted Elephant Dung Disaster, which was set in 1927 in the village. And again, that's, you can talk a bit about history as a village. 
village then. Lovely. So you lovely. go around the schools and talk about, uh, you know, the crinkle crankle wall, which is in the village. And, uh, you know, when the Romans were here. And you can go and talk to the kids about what was it like in 1927. I love that, when you bring that local history <laughs> back to the, where they live and the geography. It's yeah. so much more interesting. What it smell like? And yeah. how do people going to get hold of these uh, books? Well, we sell these through the shops in the village because we try and keep as much as... Because it's been done for charity, so... We try which keep charity as, is well, it? Well, it's for the Wheat Amsterdam uh, Enterprise group, Brilliant, so, brilliant. Um, if you sell through uh, Amazon, not that I have anything against Amazon, but they take 60% of your wow, takings. really? So you actually make about 50p if you sell one of these on Amazon. So we try and sell it as much as we can locally. So, so on Wheatampton's Wheat High, High Street, Street, where can you buy them? You can actually buy them at our shop at Numperel in Wheatampton. Manor um, Pharmacy. Can, yeah, Manor Pharmacy. Uh, um, Charlie's Coffee Shop. Yeah, yeah. So they're such gorgeous Christmas presents, aren't Absolutely. they? Yeah. And what age group would you say they're for? This is sort of uh, primary school. So yeah. sort of five to sevens is maybe a little bit earlier than that. Um, it's, it's difficult when you're writing these things, trying to visualise who you're writing for. Yeah. So trying, as an adult, trying to write for a child is quite, quite a challenge. And Howard, I have to say, you're a man of many talents. <laughs> so people might know you for your other skills, such as yep. glass blowing, yeah, is that and right? Glass and uh, sculpt, garden sculptures and all sorts of crazy things. So you have to be in the, one of these books one of these days. One day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How, Howard, the man who does everything in Wheat Hampstead. Yeah. And are you guys ready for Christmas? Just about. Have you got your Christmas lights up in your shop, Steph? Not yet, no. <laughs> and what do you sell in your shop? We sell kitchens, bathrooms, plumbing, Ooh. heating. So if anybody's heating goes off oh, or collapses during Christmas, yeah, is yeah. can we call one the plumber? You can call one the plumber. That's very good to know. So that's non-pare, isn't it, in it with is. Hampstead... Um, High Street. So Tales of Billy the Bee, fantastic, yep. and that's on sale in all of the shops in Weath Hampstead. Yep. What would you? How did you sort of do your research on that? Did you just know these people? Yeah, there's a local business group that meets uh, the last Monday of every, last Friday of every month called Web, and there's 170 businesses in Weath Hampstead. Really? And uh, about 70 to 80 meet up every month in the Swan. Uh, anybody can come along, local businesses, and it's just a great sort of networking group because um you know everybody has problems but if you if you network with these people they've solved their problems themselves so you can yeah. go and find out how somebody else has done it and a hundred i would never have imagined no, it to be it's 170 amazing. are those people who sort of work from home as well a lot of them are yeah but there's about five to six thousand people in the village and 170 businesses so it's quite a thriving community like, when are you going to bring out the one in harpenden please <laughs> <laughs> can i be in it absolutely absolutely <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. And you have very kindly, because I've remembered, you suggested one of our listeners could win one of these books. So we'll have to think up a question now, Howard. Can you think of one? Um, yeah. How many bees are there in a hive in the summer? Oh, we'll never get any answers. To that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask Siri on the way out. <laughs> so how many bees are or, or there? Or another question. Better, be a okay, better, better question. question. Better, yeah, better scrub question. that, everybody. In, in the summer, how long does a bee live? A okay. worker bee. Okay. How long does a worker bee live yeah. during the summer? Yeah. Okay. If anybody knows the answer <laughs> to that, please uh, Facebook us on our page and we will sit, first person to write in, we will send you a copy of Tales of Billy the Bee. So thank you so much for joining us. Howard Wright, master of all talents. Steph, who's got a fabulous shop on Wheatham's House. Thank and she you. sells children's books, of course. <laughs> and to all our other guests, Dr. Georgia Hughes, Susan Smith from Roundwood Park School and the amazing Liz Sorton. So thank you so much for joining us on The Parent Show and we'll see you next week. Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution.